Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman, and we are on chapter three in Joshua. <clears throat> so I hope you are enjoying um, these days of, of us talking about uh, women and God's role and the power and how we can be encouraged. When we look at chapter three, the key thing that I want to, which is so good when we go through the book from the beginning to the end, and we can capture some other areas. Um, chapter three, what's key for me in this chapter to mention is that it reminds us that we want to see the power, we want to see the miracles of God, but we have to live the life. And if you remember in chapter one of Joshua, the Lord gave instruction to Joshua of what he and the people of Israel needed to do. Number one, they needed to keep this law, keep the book of the law always on their lips, meditating on it day and night. And so that they would be careful, if you remember, to do everything written in it. And when we want to see the miracles of God, we want to see you know, that we call to pay a bill and all of a sudden they tell us that you don't have a bill here. Your account's been closed. Or you meet your dream husband that loves the Lord and and desires to exalt you and make you feel like a woman who's cherished and loved as Christ loves the church. We have to do something. Faith requires action. And so before we get to chapter three, I want you to remember that the Lord told Joshua about them following the book of the law and that they should meditate. And then Joshua then consulted with the people and the people said this. I want you to remember this because you have to make a choice. If you want to see the manifestations of miracles and chains and transformation in yourself, in your, in your family, in your marriage, in your children, in your physical body. This is what they said in verse 19, 18. And I'm going back just to share this piece with you before we go to the third chapter. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So here we are again talking about obedience. And so in your journal, and if you have your Bible, that we're in Joshua 3, so you can follow along with whatever I might read or share. I want you to think about the areas where you struggle in obedience, because if we want manifestation, we have to have breakthroughs in our lives, and we have to make choices, and we have to know that the only way we get breakthrough is to meditate and allow the word to be on our lips, to be in our heart. I can personally tell you that 
I can be watching a TV show and it's got nothing to do with the Bible, the Lord or whatever. And the person's choice or whatever in the movie can make me relate to a spiritual aspect of it. I don't know if any of you have. Sometimes I find myself crying in a movie that has nothing to do with um, the need to cry because I might see someone in a particular show going through something I went through or going through something that I'm coaching or ministering someone about. And in that moment, I think of if they only knew this or if they only had that experience or if they only had someone, maybe they wouldn't have committed suicide or whatever the theme may be. I can find myself in hearing a song and relating it to something about my relationship with the Lord, whether it's an area I need to be strengthened in or an area of victory or sometimes being reminded. It is so important for us to be reminded of what God has done for us, especially in times where we're thinking of struggle. Because the thing that I tell myself, if God saw me through that struggle, whatever the struggle is, finances, it could be um, watching too much TV, whatever it may be. You might It might be addiction for you. It might be, you know, you're in an abusive situation. Then I know that he can get me out of this situation. And that's the, the renewed mind that we need to be thinking of on a daily basis. What he has done in the past, he will do in my future. And the Lord and the Israelites, the Lord told them to share their, their story, to share the testimony of what God did in Egypt. And if you read in the Old Testament, you hear over and over, will the Lord not do what he did for your fathers and brothers in Egypt when he um, set them free? And so you have to remind yourself. That's part of the meditation, to remind yourself of who you are, what God has done. And if he did it then, why wouldn't he do it now? You're not a bad person. You are his creation. He knows that you're going to make mistakes over and over again. But he also knows that you'll humble yourself and say, God, help me. God, I need you. You are my savior. You are my redeemer. You have sacrificed for my life to be set free. So if you're struggling with an addiction I want, or, or physical ailment of your health, I want you to grab hold of what we've been talking about, about being strong and being courageous, using that word in the midst of your pain for you to say, God is the, has the control over my life, my well-being. He is for me. God loves me. He's encouraging me to be strong this day. No matter what my physical body may feel like, I am strong and I have the courage to go through this. And I'm going to keep his words on my lips and meditate on it. You meditate on that word that brings life until your physical body falls under command and conviction of the word of God. We have to choose to use our word, our lips and our meditation time as our battle strategy time, as our war room time, as our time that these may be my circumstances. And you can pin them in your wall room. You can take them. You could do whatever. But when you go in that room, you kneel before your father and you honor 
that his words are true and you speak them over your circumstance. And I dare you to tell me that something doesn't change. So let's get to chapter three, because the key thing I want you to get in this scripture is that Joshua has the, you know, has the Levitical priests take the Ark of the Covenant. And he asks, he tells the people to consecrate yourself. And I'm telling you this for yourself. And that's why I'm telling you to read the word, ask for forgiveness. You know, I don't care what you've got to do. Let it go. Don't let pride rob you of your future blessings. Don't let shame rob you of your future blessings. Don't let unforgiveness rob you of your family and your future. And so in this moment, Joshua tells the people to consecrate yourself. What is that? You know, help make yourself holy. Get yourself together. Get your act together with God, right? For tomorrow, the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. And that's what I want to tell you today, ladies, that when you consecrate yourself and when you humble yourself and when you know it's not about what I want, but it's about what God created me to do in the earth, you are going to see the amazing things that he's going to do in your life and among your family and around you. What the book is about in Christian Warrior Woman, I share just a handful of amazing, miraculous things that I have seen in my life. And it's truly a a portion. I kind of try to give the highlights, the highlights to show that my faith in God, when it was weak, that God did something amazing in saving my children's life or their father's life. That when my faith, I appeared to be weak and not strong. The book isn't about some strong woman who was like, and I spoke into the wind and the storm stopped and all of that kind of stuff. I wish. What it really shows is when we're most vulnerable and when we're weak and we have that faith of a mustard seed that God comes in through that mustard seed to do something amazing. And so in this point in chapter three, Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourselves. He goes to the priest and he says, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass ahead of the people. And so they had to stay a certain distance from the people. And what happened, the the Lord told Joshua that that day, that he would begin to exalt him in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that God was with him as he was with Moses. So he tells the priests who carry the ark when they reach the edge of the Jordan waters that they are to go and stand in the river. So Joshua told the Israelites, to come and to listen to the words of the Lord. Again, listen, to hear, to obey. And this is how they knew that the living God was among them and definitely that he was with Joshua and also that he would drive out, as he said in chapter one, the Canines, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Parasites, Gergesites, Amorites, Jebusites. All I know is every ite, was going to fall to the kingdom of Israel and that the ark of the Lord 
would go into the Jordan ahead of them. And so when the priests did this, when they carried the ark, and if we look down at verse 15, it says, now the Jordan is at a flood stage all during harvest. So this is a, a river that's flowing heavy. But yet, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Hey, we're, we're back to a mini version of Moses and the, the sea parting to shield them from Pharaoh's men. So anyway, it goes to it piled up in a heap a great distance away. And so while the water was flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, here the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Many times in ministry, we look for signs that the Lord is showing us that he's called us to do certain things. But do we wait or do we take other people's advice and we go ahead and we just say, well, I think this is what the Lord wants me to do. And we move forward. I want you to think right now, if the Lord whether it's in ministry, whether the Lord's calling you to an executive role in, in the corporate culture, or whether the Lord is calling you into a healing testimony because of your physical body, or you're a mom that has a struggling child with discipline. We are to do what? Consecrate ourselves. Because in this passage, the Lord names that we that they had enemies, but the Lord would go before them. What was the Ark of the Covenant representing? That the Lord would be going before them. And so what I see in chapter three is the Lord is providing a path of victory, a path, a path of success. He is taking them through enemy territory and maybe to go to for them to avoid some drama, some struggle. The Lord has dried up an area for them to walk through. And so think about for your journal, an area of struggle right now that you can make a choice to confront and fuss and fight and deal with the drama of the circumstance. Or you can pray and say, Lord, show me another way. So many times our emotions want to confront and want to because we think we're right. So if we're right, wouldn't the Israelites have been right? They already knew they were chosen of God. He already told them the territory was theirs. Hey, they could just, we'll just storm down there and, and just take it on our time because we already were promised it. No, they had to be obedient to the word and to obedient to the leader that God had put before them. So today, you have the word and living a life and consecrating yourself to be obedient to that word and then waiting 
for the Lord's instructions. Because when we wait for God's instruction, we have a guarantee. Because what will he be doing for us, ladies? He will be going before us. So I want you to capture this in chapter three, that the Lord will call you. Others will confirm because he'll show others and have you give a word that others will know that you're confirmed. And three, that he's going to go before you, which will then lead to your victory. So we have to consecrate ourselves. We have to know the word, speak the word, meditate on the word, wait to hear from God. And then he will show the path to our success, to our prosperity, and to a place of rest. So I want you to capture that in verse three. I want you to write down in your journal, what are some battles that struggles that you see in your life that you have been choosing to take certain actions? And think about where have those actions led? Did they lead to more fighting and fussing? Did they lead to more drama? And ask yourself if you had waited or maybe prayed or had seeked God, would your outcome have been different? And any of the one or two struggles you still may have in your life, I want you to choose today to lay those down before God and for you to wait on the Lord and be strong and be courageous. Do I need to say it again? Be strong and be courageous. Because the Lord said it, what, three times in chapter one. But we want to be strong and to be courageous. And I want you to allow God in those one or two things that you place before him, that you write on your prayer wall, that you pray over every day. And I want you to wait until the Lord dries up that situation and tells you to move forward. And I want to hear from you. Um, You can definitely respond in messages to this podcast. So if you don't know, there's a button that you can click and send me a voicemail. I want to hear when the Lord paves your way, whether it's a job whether it's um, maybe getting your child support payments that you're owed. Maybe it's um, your spouse apologizing. Maybe it's getting a promotion at your job because they finally see the value and your voice is now being heard. Maybe the Lord moves a boss out of your way who has been creating headaches for you in the workplace. There are so many areas that you, when you have thousands of people listening to a message, every struggle, there can be similarities, but there can be differences. But God knows each of your struggles and he will dry up that territory. So I ask you today to do two things, to consecrate yourself. I should do three things. Consecrate yourself. Have the Lord's words on your lips, meditating on a day and night until and wait on the Lord and you will see the reward of your faithfulness. I pray that for you. I ask that for you. And I know God has the power and his love for you to bring your breakthrough and to bring your dry ground. 
And so I declare that God's word is alive and breathing and his angels are round about you and the Lord's word will not fall void. So be prosperous and be successful and be strong and courageous in Jesus name. Until tomorrow. Bye bye. Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman, and I we are on day four of Joshua, the book of Joshua in chapter four, and hopefully you are enjoying this lesson and really um, getting in the presence of God and being blessed and being encouraged each day that you are on a path of success and prosperity and a heart being filled with the power and the glory of God. So in chapter four uh, of Joshua is something that is, is to me a, a great personal message of victory for each of our lives. And what I want to um, talk about that's key here is two things. I'm going to, a couple of things I'm going to go over in this chapter. One, the Lord told Joshua to choose 12 men, to choose 12 stones, representing the 12 tribes, from the middle of the Jordan, right where the priests were standing, where we left off, the priests were standing, the Ark of the Covenant in the Jordan. He wanted um, these 12 men to go take the 12 stones. And so Joshua appointed um, 12 men to do this from each tribe. And, you know, you ask, well, what do the 12 stones mean? Well, it says in the verse, and I think, let me see, this is verse like four or five. It states that in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And the Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took the 12 stones and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones they, that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Those are some stones I'd like to see. Now the priests who carried the Ark, they remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua had been done by the people. Um, and once the priests left the waters, the men of Reuben, Gad, and half of the tribe of Manasseh crossed over ready for battle in front of the Israelites, as Moses had directed them. And this is about 40,000 armed for battle crossed over the plains of Jericho for war. So these priests weren't standing there for a couple of minutes. These were the warriors. 40,000, when you're waiting for 40,000 people 
to walk by who are armed and others. That's no couple of minute kind of journey. So that day, obviously, Joshua was exalted um, in the eyes of his people. And they stood in awe because he had what I call the mini Moses moment as well in front of them. And so what I found key at the end, which I can relate to our lives today, that when we go down to verse 20, it says, And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So the end of that chapter is what I want to talk about today. Many believers and Christians, we celebrate some key holidays. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. We celebrate the resurrection. And I think we leave out many things. And and one thing I do admire about the Jewish culture is that they celebrate victories and losses and recognize the different times God has come through for them, um, Passover, or times of struggle. And as believers, we need to do a better job at sharing our victories with the Lord, with our children. Because I know I counsel and talk to many people and they, they think the Bible is, you know, something that was written long ago, but each of us has the Bible within us. If we're a believer, then we've been through some battles that God has brought us through. And too many times I did this myself. When I was in corporate America and I broke through the glass ceiling to a group vice president, the first female, first African-American, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I saw that as I got this victory. I accomplished this. I'm making these multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. I got this big bonus car and all of this stuff. I did not. I'm sure I said, thank you, Lord, somewhere in there. But on a whole, I celebrated and relished in what I had accomplished. And I have, because of the Lord showing me and teaching me this in prayer and seeking him, have shared stories with my children. And, and that's the, the really the main reason I wrote the book, was to share that everything I, I achieved wasn't about, it really wasn't about me, but it was to show God's power that a single, I came from a single parent household, even though I had a great relationship with my father, 
the youngest of six children. I felt abandoned, felt alone. I didn't have any corporate clout. I didn't have any connections. But I thank God I got into a great college. And I thank God that he orchestrated my steps to have people who spoke into my life, who mentored me, who coached me and left me hungry for people who could show me what success looked like. And I'll never forget, I went to, he was the most senior person at the Woolworth Company for, who was African-American. For those who are maybe 40 and over, um, you might remember this store in America. And I was at, he was an African-American male, and he had, I was a part of this um, intern program in New York. And he brought the interns to his home. He had tennis court, pool. Here was an African-American man married with a strong family and children and lived in this estate. And I I remember, and maybe because I grew up in New York, I I wasn't shocked that an African-American man had this ability. And I think because in New York, you see successful people of all color and race. I never had a mindset because of how my parents raised me, thank God, that blacks, whites, or whatever color that you are, or national nationality, that your ability is not limited. But I remember when I saw this man's house, and I remember saying, wow, maybe one day I could have this. And I, we call it knock on wood, or I praise God that he gave me a life to let me have that for my children. And for me to come from nothing to a group VP role that I can live, could have lived in a country club neighborhood with my kids in great schools and had an awesome life, a different life than I had. And so when we think about, you know, what the Lord asked and what Joshua wanted them to do with this memorial with the 12 stones, it's sharing our stories with our children and our grandchildren. And so when I'm asking you to put things in your journal, it's not just for today's exercise. What I want you to do, you know, a year from now or two years from now, when if you, when you have young children and they're going through different struggles in lives, yes, there are nice books that we can buy and read them stories and hope that they glean a learning from that. But what about your story that you can share how God helped you overcome and they will sit on the edge of their seat the same way in anticipation for how what's going to happen in your story. Imagine sharing the, the power that God has put in your life with your children and your grandchildren. I look forward to the day when I have grandchildren and especially a granddaughter and a grandson, but especially a daughter who can know that she doesn't have to feel powerless or have doubt that, you know, in your weakest moment, God is still there. And that as a young girl, if you've, if you've um, read the chapter in the book, how the Lord came and rescued me. I want my children, your children to know that in the midst of their struggle, God can rescue you. God can dry up the Jordan so that you can walk through. God can move your enemies and silence them as you walk through to your promotion. 
These are the things that we want to have journaled because we won't remember all the details and we'll remember it in such a summary that we would have lost the sting, the power, the emotional connection that our children or grandchildren or even our spouse could be blessed upon. Maybe many of you aren't married yet. And when you're talking about the importance of your relationship to God, imagine sharing an experience with um, someone you're dating, how God came through with you. Maybe that will help connect them to you. Also help them see how serious you are about your relationship with God and maybe make them hungry for that same type of relationship. You see, God didn't tell them to um, share these stories just for entertainment and jokes. This was to keep them faithful. And this is how our family and our generations lack blessings because when they can see what God did for their grandmother or their mother, then they can believe it for themselves. I can tell you that from my grandmother and from my mother's life, that when I feel low and I feel stressed, I remember my mother made it through a tougher time with less skills, less available, less knowledge. So who am I to think that God has not provided a way out for me when I have had more advantages? All of us have more advantage. You know why? If you have access to the internet, you have more advantage than anyone in your path. Because if you don't have the answer, you can seek it out via the internet, social media. You have many means of gaining knowledge that generations prior to us did not have. So I challenge you in your journal today to start thinking about what what areas or what testimonies you want to maybe highlight and put on there that this is a great story for children or grandchildren. So you can mark them. So in the future, you want to keep your journals in a box and in a special place so that when your children's children come to visit you one day, before they go to sleep, that you can say your prayers with them and you can read them an encouraging story. And guess what? You can be their hero with God that, wow, So that child is raised up knowing that God gave me a powerful grandmother. God gave me a powerful mother. God gave me a powerful aunt. God gave me a powerful godmother. Or possibly even a sister. Let's use the same message that God told the Israelites. Basically, do not forget this day. When I dried the land and put out before you an army that was going to capture the territory I promised you. Maybe your business hasn't um, um, been the, the six figure or seven figure number that you hope it will be, but it will be. But in this time of faith and waiting and praying, I always tell people when you own a business, you really need a relationship with God because you are praying every day for clients and customers to make purchases. And it really draws you when you work for a paycheck, there's different it's a different struggle than when you have a business, because it's not only affirming your business, but it affirms you personally personally 
when people are buying from you, it's personal. And so I want you to share these victories and guess what? Failures. So that why did he want them to share what worked when those that didn't follow God's law, some of them got burned up, some of them didn't make it to the promised land. Those are the stories that will keep your children focused. And in the midst when they're with friends and have to make a choice between doing what's right or doing something that might lead them into danger, that that one story might be the thing that they remember in that moment and choose the right thing. I had that happen with me with friends in middle school who were choosing to go the route to drugs. And I couldn't imagine myself. I can, the Lord showed me what the outcome would be. I couldn't see myself on the street strung out in drugs. I couldn't even imagine my ever desiring that. So it led me never to get involved with drugs. And when my friends started getting high and skipping school and doing those things, the Lord put within me the mindset that I needed new friends. And so what, I might have to start hanging with some of the square people because he gave me a vision to see where those people were going. And the only reason I had that was because I had a father and a mother and a grandmother who not only prayed for me, but shared some stories with me that let me know I would lose if I chose that way for sure. And so I want you to be that light, be that voice, to have that testimony of power for them to know that God is for them, for you to bless generations to come, that they know God, embrace God, and never let him go that the word of God is real, but that they have a flesh and blood example of God's power. I pray you be encouraged this day and be blessed and know that what you're writing in your journal is not only important for you, but it's important for the future of your family and your family's history. God bless. Enjoy. Enjoy.